Listen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to part two of our conversation from last week. Uh, this is One Faith, um, and it's your boy T. You can check us out on all social media platforms at It's One Faith. If you're having trouble finding us, check out our website at WeAreOneFaith.com. There you can find all, all of our social media handles, um, our YouTube channel, all previous episodes in case you missed any. And you can also find exclusive information about each member of the One Faith fam. Um, and today, uh, we are going to be carrying on the conversation between me and my bro, um, Rod Butler. And as you can tell from the first episode, you know, we, we covered a lot. But, you know, we haven't yet scratched the surface on the, the topic of racial reconciliation. So, this week, you're going to hear um, part two of our conversation that um, led from last weekend. Uh, you get to hear a little bit more of his heart, but at the same time, he has a special inspirational message for you um, that's going to air at the end of our session. So stick around, um, be blessed, and most importantly, you know, you all stay dope, uh, love God, and love people. All right. What are your thoughts towards racial reconciliation in the church? Because personally i think that you know as i've said that we should be leading the charge we should be you know leading the forefront and making this thing work even if uh we have to figure out ways to integrate our churches more because every sunday morning that's the most segregated time of the day and honestly it's the saddest it's the saddest statement to make because we all believe um in the same god supposedly supposed to be believing in the same god um (laughs) but you know we believe in the same god we preach from the same bibles we read from the same bible sing similar hymn books and everything like that but we're segregated so um i think religion um is very tricky yeah it's very sticky subject it's very you know delicate um i think the the black church, um, because of the mentality of the black church, I think it's hard for other cultures to uh, be a part of mm. because everything is rooted in religion and tradition. Um, so some of the things that we do by tradition that we don't even do because it's biblical, um, people from another culture that wants to transition into Christianity can't get with. So it's not the fact that they can't get with our Jesus, they just can't get with what we're adding to our Jesus that works for us. Um, And so I think that um, our lighter brothers and sisters have gotten the understanding that it's a come as you are. It ain't wearing suit and ties and hats. Like, that ain't nowhere in the Bible. But that's what black churches for the majority ascribe to. So... 
when you have your Asian brother and sister who don't know where to buy, or your Asian sister don't know where to buy a church hat, and that's the culture she sees, she might like the gospel that's being preached, but if she's in an environment where she doesn't feel accepted, she'll resist all of that because this is not for me. I can't, I don't even see my, I don't see where I can fit in to and, and be a part of this. And so, I think our white counterparts have gotten that down pat like hey come as you are because it ain't even about that so we can accept you with your tattoos we can accept you with your shorts and your flip-flops come in because what we're trying to give you ain't got nothing to do with your outer um and so i think that part makes it easier for um our white for white churches to be multicultural i think it's very um hard for a black church to become multicultural especially um, one that's in the denomination yeah. Like you know the non-denominational churches They can get it a little bit quicker than You know we can um, But it, it, yeah it's just a reality But it's like okay so are you willing To give up your traditions in order to Bring other people in if you want to reach Everybody so that makes it harder Because when somebody comes in your church That doesn't look like you now you're standoffish Right because you're trying to see, hey, is this a Dylan Roof? What's the situation going on? <laughs> What's the situation What's, going like, on? What you here for? What you want? Now everybody looking at you crazy, and we ain't trying to say you a killer, but we just trying to see what you're right. about. We trying to discern, and we trying to ask the Lord. We ain't trying to say you're a killer, but we ain't trying to push you. We ain't trying to push you. We just want to see. We're going to keep our eye on you. Right. We got to check you out. But see, that's the thing. Like, if we were more open to... The culture changed. Like, yeah. we still operating off what they wrote in the 1920s and 1930s, the bylaws. Right. But we have to be able to shift in this century because it's changing. And I think um, the coronavirus has put the world on pause and has made everybody look at things differently. Yeah. Like, um, pastors that didn't like Facebook and couldn't stand Facebook and technology, that's your only option, the bro. Platform now. That's your only option, bro. <laughs> get you an account and get you a login if you want to be able to reach anybody. Exactly. Unless y'all doing conference calls and you three-wayin' everybody. You, you calling sister so-and-so and then she got to call somebody, y'all playing telephone. Right. So that's the only way. So God is forcing the upgrade. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, we got to get with the times. And so hopefully this hope opens a lot of traditional eyes that, okay, we have to shift in other areas because clearly things are making us shift. Things are making us grow up. Things are making us update. Things are making us advance because we're in a virtual world. Right. So everything that we do has to have some kind of virtual component to it. Businesses that, that had no kind of virtual component lost Maybe their right. entire business yeah. in the cut in the first coming days of this thing until they could get back right because if you don't have a virtual component, everybody can't come to the brick and mortar. Exactly. When the city decides can't nobody move, then what you gonna do? Your money's lost. Right. So now you have to have everything has to have some kind of level of virtual component to it. So like my thing is when we as a traditional church upgrade and become more open to ideas of inclusion and diversity because not that we're racist but we're we have some racist stuff in the we do. Like, <laughs> and people don't like but the thing is people don't like to to talk about the fact that blacks can be racist right and we can and because they're like blacks can't be racist and no we really we are like when you we when it gets to the point of having a conversation that's talking about integrating the churches with other mixes and yeah. other races it gets very it racial is, it, it right. gets very real real quick so i mean you have we have to have those conversations because if we want to look like the body of Christ, we have to we, got we have to look like everything. We have we have to have everybody in. It. I'm not trying to say that everyone has to come any kind of way according to right. you know whatever your you know church believes, but you know we have to be more welcoming and accepting of our brothers and sisters of other complexions. That that is true, and I think um, that's the hiccup. Um, 
But you know, I know you why you pondered on that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at the history of the church, and we look at, uh, for example, I know for a fact, and that's only because I'm church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the culture church, and we look at you know the split that that came back in the 30s or 40s mm-hmm. um, from the Church of God in Christ and the Assemblies of God, you know. White people didn't want to be a part of the Church of God in Christ. They didn't want to be um, under Bishop Mason. And because of that, they said, you know what? We'll just create our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And exactly what they did. So here we here we are. We have the Assemblies of God, which is birthed out of the Church of God in Christ. Um, or as, as some people affectionately say, that's the white <laughs> coach of church. Right. Uh, they do a lot of things, you know, that we right. do. So, you know, they, they speak in tongues. They go running around the church and things like that. Uh, but, you know, when I remember being in, in the academy and we had this conversation, we were talking about um, how the church is split and, and how um, a lot of the denominations um, back then were birthed out of stuff like that. Yeah. And it just makes me think like, you know, we're in an interesting time now to where people want to unify more. And my thought or my question to you, and it kind of kind of answered a little bit, but I want to expound on a little bit more. It's like, you know, how can we as denominations, you know, find that reconciliation to come together, especially within the church. Like, you know, I'm not saying that Assemblies of God has to come back to the Church of God in Christ or anything like that, but how can we be more accepting? How can we be more open to um, to other people coming into our churches? And I'm not saying we have to get rid of Jesus altogether or what we believe in order to have people accepting, but, you know, it's just interesting to me that we don't have too many um, many, well, I would say probably mixed culture churches or mixed Pentecostal churches. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I mean, even with your church, like, right. I mean, it's, it's you got, probably you not. two white members. It's the same with us. Like, it's, it's, it's like being it's at all, it's like being at Southern again. You got right. your, right. <laughs> you got your uh, cafeteria, you got your one little section over there with little white folks. And that's, and that's it. it. That's, <laughs> it. that's all that's it. So, speak on that, bro. Um, I think for that, that leadership has to be intentional about fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make, you, you have to be intentional about fellowshipping with other churches um, mm-hmm. that don't look like you, that don't operate you, operate like you. Like, um, what's that man's name? Bishop Pazusa. Uh, Bishop Carlton oh. Pierce. Oh yeah, Carlton Pierce is hard, and Lord bring him back. Yeah, but um, he had the blueprint. Yeah. Um, of the fellowship of what it looks like for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe this is just my personal belief. I don't don't. This is what I believe. <laughs> don't come with me for my thoughts. Um, <laughs> and I believe that's why he was under such attack, and that's mm-hmm. why we quote unquote lost him as who he was because that gap he bridged. Mm-hmm. He was able to do that. You see it kind of sort of now with your. Um, your Rod Parsleys and your Ron Carpenters and stuff, they they have somewhat of that format or that blueprint to bridge that. Or your even Joe Osteen. Yeah. He got some, you know, he a white pastor, he got yeah. some black people on his staff. Yeah. So you have to integrate your staff, you have to integrate your leadership. Mm-hmm. Because I can't connect with somebody that don't look like me. Right. Like so I have to be able to see, okay, there is somewhere for me in here. I can fit somewhere in here. So leadership has to be intentional about fellowship and diversity. Like so, question: Does the does the Church of God in Christ have any white bishops? No. There is not any bishops for the Church of God in Christ. It's a lie. So that's why we have to be. And that's just it's just real. 
That's the fact. It's facts. That's facts. So it's like, okay, if everybody looks like, I'm going to gravitate to what looks like me, what I can relate to. Yeah. So if you integrate that thing and you make it so I can find somebody in the crowd that looks like me, I'll be more like, okay, well, even if you're the only person I connect with, then you can connect me with other people, and then that expounds on the diversity. Mm-hmm. So I think just leadership has to be intentional about diversifying leadership and be intentional about fellowshipping yeah. with people that don't look like that. Now, I'm going I'm to I'm ask you a challenging question, oh, and I know you probably can't answer it because it's covering your skin. <laughs> <laughs> But now, and as far as someone listening, probably thinking the same thing that I'm, that I'm about to ask you, thinking mm-hmm. right now, it's like if we want white people to come to our church, how can we get white people to come to our churches? How can we um, preach, you know, as hard as we do, um, squalling and, mm-hmm. and and have the the high intensity of the worship service and everything like that? How can we get white people to come to that style of church and enjoy that style of church? Because um, Truth be told, they're not going to come and listen to, uh, well, in our area in mm-hmm. North Carolina, um, and yeah. it's not, it's not, they're not going to come and listen to, you know, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to come and listen to your, your, your bishops bishop that, that yeah. preach this wall. Come on, So how, like, what are your thoughts towards that? Like, how can so do I'm we a, have to dumb down our, our tone, our stance to? You don't like well, that brings me back to my last point. You have to be intentional. So, example, this girl had hit me up and was like, um, "Hey, my granddaddy is getting old and he needs somebody to come pastor his church. Are you interested?" So I said, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm feeling myself. I done preached a couple of times. I'm like, okay, Jesus, let me go see what y'all about before I go ask my pastor about this." So I go visit the church and Jesus, the church is old. <laughs> But church is complete. I'm talking about old school. And so my thing is, if that was an opportunity that I would take, I would have to work overtime. So my thing was, I would, I had, I had sat down, I had created a little plan in my head before the Lord told me no. I had created this little plan. I was like, I would have to be intentional and I would have to create another service in order to introduce my new ideas. Like I can't. Just because I'm a pastor, I just can't take y'all out of this right here because this is what y'all used to. I'm coming into y'all's environment. So I have to create another space to implement the things that I want to do in order for it to mesh. So my thing is y'all come to a couple of these and see how we're doing at this and then we still going to do what y'all used to. So my thing is you have to create the environment because you don't have it. So you have to go that extra mile. Like You really have to be intentional. You have to create a space for your white brothers and sisters to come to. They ain't doing what a mighty God we serve. They doing CCM. So you have to create... You have to create... The, they just, and they keep it at that. They not right, take it up and right. They ain't doing nothing. Get them a good talk. Get them some acoustic stuff. They go give you the same beat, different words. Right. But they ain't doing right. They ain't doing the blood still works. They, even though it does, that's not what they're doing. Right. So you have to create, the, you have to be intentional about creating the environment that is suitable for them. He, the Bible says who he, went, he that wins souls is wise. So you have to be understand, you have to say, okay, how can I reach them? Because if you want to reach them, you have to be able to be relatable. So you do have to create the environment that is suitable for them. And then say, hey, when y'all, hey, we're going to do this at 8 o'clock. And if y'all stick around, hey, come check out the 11 o'clock service. This is how we do things at 11 o'clock. But you still have to create the environment 
So that that is suitable for them to worship in. If you want, if but you have to be intentional. It can't be just oh, we're gonna do this one time and we're doing this once a month. But if you have to be on a regular, like some of these white churches, they'll grab an Israel hole and we can we can do Israel. Right. So you know, <laughs> we still sing Israel. Right, we still sing Israel. I don't know what he is. He even got married to three of them and just been uh, he doing some things. Like, <laughs> we just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> so you know. And so that 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 works. So my thing, you have to be like you have to be intentional about who you who you're trying to reach. And so you and you have to study. The Bible says that the show show that says approved. It ain't just talking about the Bible. You have to study about the people that you're trying to reach and what works for them. Like if you're doing outreach, you have to understand. You need to study the neighborhoods you're going to. You need to let, you need to know if security need to have something on them because something something pop off. You still want to be protected, even though we're doing ministry because He gives us wisdom. Exactly. So you have to study, you have, you have to be intentional about what you're trying to do, who you're trying to reach, and make sure that it's something, and you have to include them in the process. Yeah. Hey, we're trying to, and be real, hey, we're trying to add some some diversity to our church, and we just want to sit down and have an open session. Hey, what are some things that would, would be conducive for you in worship? What are some things that you'd like to see in worship, even with your youth, because older churches are just, hey, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and this is it. But in order to bridge these gaps, because the gap now is huge. Like, whew, you, you got 60 and 70 year olds and 50 year olds, then you got 20, 30, and 10. So it's just the gap, that gap is huge from the things that they're used to. So you want to make sure that you have something inclusive, like my pastor. Um, at 11 o'clock, because 11 o'clock is the majority of the members he teaches at 11. So if you want a teaching experience, you come to 11. If you want his squall and all that, you need to come to 6 or Thursday. And that's just, and we know the routine. We know at 7 and 11, 7 you might get preached. At 11, he's going to teach. So that's that's the time where you know the intellectual will come and all those college students and stuff. And those that, I ain't going to say really love Jesus, but those that know how to do what we do come to 6 and Thursday because that's when we're going to shout. That's when we're going to turn up. We're going to run. We're going to speak and we're doing all that kind of stuff at 6 and Thursday. Don't come at 11 trying to do all that. Unless the Lord is there. Unless the Lord because he has planned to teach. <laughs> and so you just have to create those environments and be intentional. So, But he does four services a Sunday. He's intentional. like he, Because you have to understand who am I trying to reach and what am I willing to do to reach them. Right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Next point and the next um, question I want to ask you, um, and it's our last point that we're going to um, make and then we're going to let you go home. We're going to let the bishop yeah, go home, man. The hour is drawing late. The hour is drawing now. Put your hands together for Jesus. And he all right. He's all right. He's all right. But um, so uh, one of the points that your pastor had made was uh, the organization of the church versus the organism of the church. And what he was talking about that is the state of the body of the, uh, the state of the body of Christ. Um, the organization of the church is messed up. Mm-hmm. But the organism of the church are they really truly ready for Christ's return? And to that point, in my opinion, I think that he's spot on with the organization of the church being just jacked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so many issues and problems and things that are going on that keeps us from being together. I mean, as we were talking about earlier, racism as being mm-hmm. one of the spiritual divides that's that's driving a wedge within the church. Um, people like different styles and that drives a wedge within the church and 
when you look at the organism organism of the church uh, which is actually like the buildup and and the makeup of the body you know it's, it gets interesting there because when we look at how a lot of churches they preach different things and a lot of preachers they preach different things but the ones that are really preaching you know the, the sound truth the sound doctrine you know those are the ones that's not really you know getting a lot of people that's coming out to those churches or you know their 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 style isn't as popular and people doesn't really like them mm-hmm. but you know you have your ones who are more um i won't say lackadaisical uh, some people will probably agree with that but you know they're more relaxed on you know preaching mm-hmm. you know hard against <laughs> sin and conviction and everything like that so <clears throat> like what are your thoughts towards that like towards like the organization of the church versus the organism of the church and um, which side do you think needs um, the most help <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as you know growing and maturing the body of Christ um, I think just to make a point before I go into that people um, gravitate to comfort mm-hmm. um, so you have these churches that are overflowing um, because they have made it comfortable not that they're not preaching the word and not that they're not giving truth um, but the word of God at some point has to convict you to change and to do better and to improve on whatever area because we're all we're all flawed right. so everybody coming through the door has something that they need to work on right. um, but the level of comfort that you feel in a church not for me because I need because uh, I'm a trip so I need something <laughs> to, to make sure that I'm I'm still nailed to the cross right um, but I believe people find places where they're comfortable um, where they can more so do what that is that they want to do and operate how they want to operate and still get Jesus and not feel convicted for what they're doing while they're getting Jesus right. and so I think that's where you get a lot of your overflowing churches um, that are just busting at the scenes but that's another story for another day um, I think the organism is ready um, in sense that we um, we have all, in my opinion, we have all the components that we need to evangelize, to um, make the name of Jesus known. So I think the organism is ready. Um, I think the foot soldiers are ready. I think the evangelists are ready. I think the prophets are ready. I think the organism itself is ready. I think the organization is raggedy. Um and one does not work without the other. Um, they're just as important. Um, and I think doctrine has divided us in so many ways. Um, instead of just, well, you know, everybody is, is leading based off of their interpretation of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can't give somebody their interpretation of the Bible. Whatever revelation they get is what they get, and that's how they're operating. Right. Um, but I think doctrine puts some people in boundaries that. Um, revelation can't get through because if this is your doctrine, this is what y'all do according to your doctrine. Those are your parameters because that's what you believe. That's your denomination. That's how y'all operate. So I feel like that borders some people into not receiving the full revelation or further revelation because my thing is we've been preaching from the same Bible for two thousand years. <laughs> we've been preaching from the same Bible, and churches are still open. And so clearly we're preaching from the same thing, but people are getting different revelations based on what it says. And you're following or you're attaching yourself to whomever gives you the best revelation that fits your life. So you're attaching yourself to a pastor that what he gets, you, you can attach to, you can attest to that, you can connect with that. And so 
I think doctrine has gotten us to a place of division and that creates the issue with the organization and then you have competition and then you have all these other components that don't matter and so now we're divided and so now we can't organize the body of Christ you can organize your section of Christ you can organize your denomination of Christ you can organize these things but the body at large um, is disorganized and because everybody wants to lead um, but if people find, if, if certain people find out that they're the hand operates the hand when you find out you're the arm operates the arm when you the leg operates the leg and so I think I don't know what everybody wants. Everybody wants to be the head. That's, everybody, that's what everybody wants to be the head. Um, and the head is Christ. But everybody wants to be the head. And so, or the closest thing to the head. So, some people want to be the neck bone. Some people want to be the sternum. Some people want to be the collarbone <laughs> and the shoulder. Right. And they're trying to get as close as they can to the head. But my thing is, so that's the thing. Like, the organism itself is ready. It's just like we're at a place where it's Frankenstein. You just got all the parts laying out and right. somebody has to come and attach what needs to be attached. And like Ezekiel with the dry bones, Frankenstein might not have been the best example. So thank you Lord, for giving me Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> you got Ezekiel with the dry bones. I said Frankenstein. I said, uh, I got to do better, Jesus. Yeah, you got to do better. He gave me Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Lord. So like Ezekiel in the battle of dry bones, the, the, the potential is there. Right. The 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 life is not there, but the potential is there. The parts are there. What you need is there. What you have at this point having to do is speak life into it, and it'll connect. And so I think we're in the place, we're in the valley of dry bones, where you got everything that you need. You got the army, you got the equipment, you got the tools, you got everything you need. Just it's not connecting. And so I think that's where we are. We're at the place where the organism is ready. We're just disconnected. That's good, man. Well. I'm going to let you leave with some um, parting words, you know. But um, before you leave, tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Roderick. Let me spell my middle name for you. It's pronounced Lil Wayne, but it's not like the rapper. <laughs> so it's Roderick, R-O-D-R-I-C-K, no E, uh, L-U-A-N-E, Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R. You can follow me on any other social media, social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, what else is there? You can follow me at those at Kingdom of Underscore Rod, Kingdom of Rod, um, Kingdom of Underscore Rod, and then um, the podcast. Just does any uh, podcast platform and search for Fat Boy Joy, and you can find episodes there. Awesome, awesome. So, like I said, I'm gonna let you give an inspirational moment, uh, whatever the Lord has on your heart to talk about. Um, you know, give the people something to. You know, give them hope and encourage encouragement um, for their weekly's journey until they can get to church. <laughs> hey, no problem. Um, spend more time to my brothers. Uh, the name of the show, which is One Faith, and um, the Bible declares that He has given each man a measure of faith. Um, and in that measure, you have certain abilities that you can do that you can perform. And at certain times, we see others running the same race in life. And we get caught up on not being as far as ahead as we'd like to be or thinking that we aren't where we're supposed to be, knowing that sometimes we aren't where we're supposed to be or where we desire to be. But we have to exercise that measure of faith. We have to make sure that we're exercising that muscle to grow and to advance and to progress. So making sure that we keep in mind that we've been given a measure of faith and we go from faith to faith. 
And so don't allow your faith to dwindle because the Bible has, uh, it says in a certain, I don't I ain't no scripture guru, um, it's a point where the uh, disciples had run into a situation and he said to them, oh, you of little faith. And then there was another situation where he said, how could you have no faith? And so there is a process and it's possible that your faith can dwindle and run out. So I just don't want people to be discouraged in believing that faith or what you see is going to make or break you. What you see is it's only temporal. So you have to make sure that the measure of faith that you've been given, everybody has been given a different measure. Some people are going to accomplish more because their, their measure is bigger. But that does not mean that you can't grow your measure, you can't exercise your measure, and you can't expand your measure. So make sure that with the measure that you've been given, you do what you're supposed to do. You do what you're responsible for with that measure. He gave one five talents. He gave another two talents. Preach. He gave another one talent. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I am. I'm about to go. <laughs> And that, that's him giving a measure. And what you're supposed to do with your measure is you're supposed to expand it. So he's given us a starting place. He's given everybody a measure. He's given everybody this quantity of faith. And what you're supposed to do is exercise the quality of it and make it grow and expand into the next dimension, into the next level, into the next place that he has you to go the next realm so you have to be mindful that you're exercising what he gave you you can't compare what he gave you to somebody else because he gave somebody else something different you can't compare your race to somebody else's race because they have a different measure they have a different endurance they have a different elasticity so you have to make sure that what he's giving you you're exercising and you're working it out to grow and to get you to that next place of faith and understanding that once you get to the next place of faith that measure is bigger so you have to be responsible for more on that next level because you're your exercising of that faith has grown that muscle so you can handle more you can carry more weight, you can exercise more, your endurance has grown, so just make sure that you stay responsible for the measure that he's giving you, one faith. Dang. come on, I gotta add some, um, some uh, organism, <laughs> <laughs> well I gotta back you up, right, <laughs> I gotta find that track and let it back you up at the whole time, <laughs> right, <laughs> The next time, the next time. We still build it. We still build it. We'll have it next time. I'm excited for your product. Uh, I mean, I'm loving this platform, man. I'm excited about what you're doing for the body of Christ at large. And it's going to get better and it's going to grow. And it's going to be what God has given you that it will be, man. So I'm excited for you. We receive it. Thank you, sir. Well, this has been One Faith. We appreciate you for listening. This has been my brother, the Reverend, the Doctor, Bishop. He looked like Barbara Stafford. <laughs> the Bishop, Doctor, God bless you, God bless you. Reverend. It's been an absolute pleasure <laughs> to be here. But yeah, man, I appreciate you, Doctor. Love you. Anytime, anytime. Love you, bro. And look forward to the next time. Yes, sir. Always.